Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome. You're listening to the Golf Under Par podcast. As the title suggests, on the Gov, we talk about all things relating to golf performance, so you can golf under par. While listening, you'll hear discussion on all facets of golf, physical, mental, and whatever else will make you a better golfer. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough. I'm a golfer myself, as well as a physical therapist and strength coach. Let's take this journey together to golf under par. Thank you for listening. Now let's dive in. All right, says we're live. Welcome to the Golf Under Par podcast, everybody. This is Dr. Jeffrey McCullough. I'm here with Kevin Duffy. So Kevin Duffy is a strength coach. He's in rotational athletes. Uh, he's been rated as a top 50 golf fitness trick here in the USA and also known on Instagram for kicking down doors. So welcome, <laughs> Kevin, and thank you so much for on the show. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Uh, I know that some people know me more for kicking down doors than the golf fitness stuff, but uh, I happen to do both. Yes, yes. So I always start off with everybody asking, what what kind of golf? Um, so, I mean, I, I owned a set of clubs in high school, uh, but I didn't really play much or do much. I, I played football, wrestling, track, a bunch of other stuff. Um, but what got me into golf is that I was playing with all my other friends and I played college sports. Most of them didn't. And I was getting just dominated in golf, which was super irritating, which was super irritating as an athlete to lose all the time in golf. And so that started my journey. And, and simultaneously, I had a good amount of my clients start approaching me about what do you think that you can do in our training to start helping my golf game? And from then, uh, they were kind of at very similar times. And that, that was like I think five years ago, five years ago. Yeah. So I've been coaching mostly specifically golf athletes for the last five years. I've been coaching overall for about 10. Oh, oh, very cool. So this was a, a question I I found, and so your quote on your website, it says, and on Instagram, it says, do the simple things savagely well to produce uncommon results. Love that quote on this podcast. I talk a lot about consistent simplicity is what leads to greatness. So doing those simple things, I'd love to get your take on what are some of the simple things that golfers kind of need to do savagely. Yeah, so a lot of times it <clears> – <throat> It, uh, and when coaches approach me and ask that type of question, it's like, hey, what do you do differently that I don't do? Sometimes I fight through the tedious part of the deadlift and just live with it and train it in different forms. So a hip hinge is a hip hinge. A squat is a squat. So one guy might dress it up a little bit more than another, but as long as you're able to deliver the, the concise point and understand why your athlete is doing it. You don't necessarily always need to 
you know, have a half-racked kettlebell squatting on a BOSU ball while pushing over your head. I don't necessarily consider that a good golf exercise, mostly because, one, you're probably going to get hurt, and two, your feet should be stable while you're golfing, so stop doing that. Just stop doing that. And so, uh, I mean, I I used to, you know, joke a lot about, oh, this is savage or this, that, or the other. And it's a little bit of a, a little bit of the concept started to come from when I did an internship at Exos Performance uh, in 2014 when I got out of college. Right when I walked out of college, I thought I knew everything. Promptly walked into a weight room with some of the best minds in the industry and was reminded, you don't know a damn thing, kid. So, uh, a little bit of those, you know, doing the simple things savagely well is, I think, concept. Uh, I started to, to peel off from them, and then uh, for uncommon results is is what I started to see in my own training because I was just sticking to it and doing it right and, and convincing the people to follow the ways, and it's been been uh, been going well so far. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is you know the simple things. Take oftentimes take time to really get the big results. I think I was just in a, a research study that just came across, and they did like eight with uh, eight weeks of strength training with collegiate athletes or collegiate golfers specifically. Yep. And you know they said, "Oh, it's showing that they've had improved club speed and and whatnot." And it's like, okay, now what about if they were to the strength training phase for twenty four months or or something like that? What kind of what kind of difference did we see as well? Yeah, un- unfortunately, the time frame I get to work with is not the longest because most people come up to me in the spring. And my first, the number one thing I lead with is, one, where were you in the winter? And then the number two is, okay, here's what we're going to do to play catch up. Because if you give me three weeks and you're like, hey, I'm going to, let's say, Myrtle Beach. That's where me and my buddies used to go. Uh, for a golf trip. Hey, I'm going to Myrtle Beach in two weeks. I want to get ready for golf. I've been sedentary. I haven't moved. And I think I gained five to 10 pounds in my belly region. And I've been drinking a lot of beer. What can you do for me, Kev? Like, dude, there is no magic pill out here. Two weeks to get you ready so you don't get injured on your golf trip to Myrtle Beach is too short. If you saw me four, six, eight weeks ago, I would bet the house that you will beat your other friends and take most of their money. But the longer window you give your coach, the more successful they're able to be because the, this, what is it? Six second abs or 30 minute abs. And that type of response is unrealistic. So, so yeah, that, yeah, exactly. So that leaves kind of perfectly. You talked about, you know, the bigger window that you give, so you had a PGA show talk where you talk about the strength window. Can you briefly describe for the listeners kind of what you what you talked about in talk? Yeah, so, so, so two years ago at the PGA conference, so the Titleist performance is is great because they give uh, you know coaches either established or up and coming like myself uh, when I was first doing it. Um, the opportunity to speak on subjects that they're passionate about as long as you, you know, go through some of the checks and balances. I talked about the strength training window, kind of talking on what I just touched on is that it's, it's, it's earlier than you think. The effects I'm able to make in, let's say, club head speed, which is usually the end goal, are a lot greater if you start 
at a longer time for me because it gives me more time to let's think about it as a car, build up the chassis of the car, throw disc brakes in it, not go-kart brakes. I get to put extra shocks in there. I get to put, you know, maybe some leather seats. Maybe we get to, you know, make this ride as smooth as possible. So when you hit the gas, it doesn't all fall apart. However, if you give your coach or your mechanic a really small window, they're going to fix the things that are like really jumping out to you. Like, hey, your bumper is falling off and I need to fix it. Be like, all right, you have 10 minutes. Like, all right, here's some zip ties. So if you give me two weeks and you say you're going to Myrtle Beach and you gain 10 pounds, I might be able to give you the zip tie program that will probably hold you together until you get back and we can actually dive into things. Or we could help rebuild that car so that it's performing at its top and optimal uh, capacity. But I usually say, uh, and specifically with my youth golfers, this is when it becomes, I think, a little bit more prevalent because they have a, a younger training age. With my youth golfers, I, I almost require that I see them the winter beforehand. Um, you know, if they're playing in the if they're playing their most competitive golf in a, either it's an AJGA tournament or, you know, their high school state championship, the winter before is going to be uh, really crucial for them to create uh, some awesome club head speed. And, and, you know, obviously we were cut short this year with the training that we were able to do with my, um, my high school golfers, but I had uh, two kids win their, their club championship this year. And that was with a really short training window. Both of them are playing different clubs going into different holes now. Uh, and then I ha- also had uh, – they also won the state championship for their high school as well. So that was, that was, uh, that was really impressive. And also fun to, fun to hear that even if we hadn't been able to do a lot of work together, they're still stronger and still hitting the ball further. So uh, I can't wait to see what it looks like with a full off season this year. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like – I mean, especially with, like, junior golfers where – you know, you got growth spurts going on, and so they're constantly changing, and, and you probably know really well how you know, their movements, their squats, and their hinges just look different after a short, you know, burst in, in height or whatever it may be with, with puberty and everything. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you have to relearn how to walk and chew gum at the same time. I, I get some pretty, uh, let's call them, let's say gumbies. Let's say we get some, some pretty – pretty hyper flexible athletes that need to be stuck into the floor. And they come to me and they're like, coach, my dad says I need flexibility. I say, your dad definitely needs flexibility. You are folding in half. We need some stability. I'm going to strap you to the floor. So uh, they sometimes it's, oh, coach, I need mobility and flexibility. I don't know. So I don't know so much about strength training. My mom or dad doesn't think. It's necessarily the best at route. And let's fast forward six weeks later, their club head speed has jumped, you know, let's say with the super speed. I think the biggest one I saw was 103 to 116. That was one of my my favorite ones. That kid was a bean pole. And now he's playing Division One college golf over at Siena. Shout out to Jack. Okay. Very awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, you get you get the the right things put together. You know, the right amount of mobility, right amount of strength. Add in that speed work, and you can see huge improvements like that. That's definitely the case. And but it's got to be, you know, all those things have to be 
be adequate, you know, not, not everybody's yeah. the same. And yeah, you don't ignore one, right? I'm not going to just say, oh, yeah, you don't need it. Don't do it. I'm still going to make sure you are mobile and make sure that you re retain your, you know, your mobility and your flexibility. That's the reason that kid even walked into my gym is because he was a flexible kid, a mobile kid who was able to create a ton of power, but needed to have some brakes strapped onto him, right? We put some size, put some brakes on him, and look at that ball go. So uh, I'm not going to ignore it. It's going to be part of the program, but it, it won't be the it won't be the absolute biggest focus. Whereas uh, I would say if I had to pick the number one exercise that I, I stuck some of those youth golfers with is you're going to learn to love the hex bar. So Yeah. So, uh, in another, I think it was on the uh, 18 Strong podcast, and I think it might have been in one of your talks, you talked about, you know, four main exercises golfers can kind of focus on to to really make improvements. Yeah. Let's go yeah. through those. So, the four, so sometimes, uh, you know, for the working professional, time is the biggest concern as far as, hey, you know, Coach Duff, write me a program or what do I follow or what do I do? And specifically in those talks, you know, or you're on you're on stage for 30 minutes. I want to deliver some content that's actually usable. So the four main that I talked about is a pull-up variation. So let's say you can't do a pull-up. There's a TRX pull-up. There's an inverted pull-up. There's, you know, simply band pulls. You can expand on that. But let's say the pull-up is the king. Um, hip hinge being a deadlift, kettlebell, dumbbells, or hex bar. So, uh, let's say the, the, in my case, I prefer for my golfers, uh, hex bar is my hip hinge exercise of choice as far as like the strongest one. Um, the other one I went with would be a farm walk carry, whether it's farm walk with two weights or suitcase walk with one. And then the final one that I talked about, uh, what did I say? Uh, step up. Okay. So... As far as a strength training component, uh, and I actually posted about this the other day on my Instagram. Um, I, when I say step up, I specifically do not mean the step ups that you think from aerobic exercises videos where, you know, the, the instructor's wearing knee high socks and what are those, like the neon tight things? Um, it's a step up yeah, in which are. Yes, thank you. That's the word. I'm surprised I didn't have leotard right off, right off the tip of my tongue. Um, the, the, the single leg step up, either a forward or a lateral variation in which you drive up, create speed off of one leg, and be able to create brakes, balance, and stability on that same leg is massive for the golf swing, whether it's a forward or a lateral variation. It also helps to uh, correlate, like for example, the deadlift and the single leg step up are going to help to correlate to, to jump. And we all know that the vertical jump is one of the highest correlation to club head speed. Um, so having, uh, my golfers focus on step up, um, either a forward or a lateral step up variation, uh, as long as they're able to create speed and throw the brakes on at the end and hold that position, uh, a pull up variation, whether it's TRX or a band pull or an inverted pull-up. Uh, the deadlift, which I would say if you had to had me to rank them one through four, deadlift's always going to be one. And then the carries. B 
because uh, the carries are your anti-rotation exercise. Uh, you can get super fancy with them if you want, and sometimes for just for variety's sake, I will. I will. I'll, I'll mess around with some carries because a carry is a carry, but I still have clients that don't want to come in and do the same thing every day. So I will mess around with my carry variations pretty often. Um, I've been doing a, uh, I actually recently in my recent, my uh, most recent program that I just wrote, I had one of my clients has access to some pretty big kettlebells. So I have them just doing a, in a goblet walk with one kettlebell. And the biggest focus for me is rather than the anti-rotation is, is keeping those shoulders back. Cause he is a, uh, this, uh, he's not a C posture King, but he's close. He sits on a desk most days. And I think the only time he gets up and exercises is when I've prescribed it. So I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that ship is right for, for the golf season that he's in, because if he's not working or working out with me, he's on the golf course and he's doing a lot more golfing and working than he is with me. So I try to get in as much good quality work as I can with him. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so I guess what I would break down, I'd like to just pick your brain a little bit more about those, some of those carries. Yeah. Kind of the variations of the arcus and I oftentimes, you know, go find the biggest dumbbells or kettlebells that I can find and carry those around and um, yeah. at the gym. What other kind of variations can we can we do besides, you know, just a typical one arm or two arm? Yeah. So one of the ones that I mix in, especially in the, my early program. So I have a golf one hundred and one. Um, I have a golf one hundred and one program on my website. It's it's you know just meant to be like the tip of the iceberg. I think it's like I think it's actually listed for like fifty bucks on CoachKevinDuffy.com. There's a plug. Um, the, the bottom up kettlebell carry is one of the ones I work on because wrist and grip strength are, are pretty important for us being able to deliver to the ball. Um, so when I, I lock that rib wrist in and do a carry, sometimes I may mix in a low carry on the opposite hand. So if I'm, uh, for the, the people who are just listening to us, if the kettlebell is upside down, I'm squeezing the handle like I'm trying to break it while my elbows tattooed into my rib cage and I have a low carry on the other side. Um, so that's uh, one of the variations I play around with a lot, you know, a suitcase walk uh, in which I'm doing a, almost like a, a knee drive on every step. Um, that's, that's one of my new favorites. Also, that's really helpful if your client has a, a short window to move around in. You don't have, not often, especially now, right? A lot of my a lot of my clients are still working out in their home gym. Um, you don't have twenty yards to walk with a weight. You have you have about you know five yards. So marching around with your knees coming up and down is going to make a lot more sense. A lot of golfers off season's only a month, you know, maybe two months away, depending on where you live. And what can golfers start doing to kind of prep them for? for this strength window that we were talking about earlier today? Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I, I have clients that are in warmer clients, you know, I, I do, I am based in Boston, so I do have a longer window. However, there are, there's always a different window for different people. There is, you know, a window that everybody looks at, whether it's your club championship, that's the pinnacle of your season, or you have spring golf that's really important to you, or for example, like Arizona really gets busy, you know, closer to that those let's call it winter months uh for them i don't even know if they, they don't really have a true winter i wouldn't consider it but 
Um, everybody has a, a little bit of a different window, but I think those principles are always going to apply. It's just how you apply it. So when I when I speak about your strength training window, I'm usually talking to the person who hasn't started yet. So those first three to six weeks, when you first start training, you will be the most sore and it may or may not have the potential to affect your swing the most, specifically if you're not working with the swing coach. So if you are new to exercise and don't work with a swing coach, give yourself the most time. If you're a person who is not new to exercise, you know, you have a background knowledge of it and you want to start being a little bit more strict on your training, your time frame in which you need to start you know, applying your strength training and see how it affects your golf, because let's not be naive. If your strength training, you know, me and you both know, if the strength training gets in way of the person who's my client's golf, guess who gets lost first, me or the golf? It's me. I'm gone. So the idea of if you're having a training window being longer or shorter should always depend on the factor of, you know, number one, when's your biggest competition window? Number, actually, I don't know if I would say one or two here. I would say if you're a new, new to strength training, that should be one. Uh, your, your biggest competition window would be the, the second considering factor. And then third, which would be, uh, are you working with a swing coach or do you trust yourself to make the adjustments needed? Because if you now are stronger and or more flexible or more powerful, I have gotten text messages of angry golfers who are flying the green because they're stronger by a club or a club and a half. And I say, I'm sorry, club down. Like, I'm, what did you want me to do? Make you weaker? I wasn't going to do that. So uh, give yourself some time to either adjust to the fact that you're training, uh, adjust to what either, uh, what could happen to your swing, uh, whether you've gained some mobility. Let's say, you know, you're a right-handed golfer. And now all of a sudden you've gained some mobility and you've got a little bit more of a hook going on. You may need to work with your swing coach on that. Be like, hey, coach, you know, I don't have the blocks that I used to have. Uh, I don't have the inability to turn. I now have the ability to turn. Um, and then uh, when's your biggest competition? And then the last one, which is my favorite text to get, uh, coach, I am longer by, and I have just flown the green with my eight iron, my nine iron, and my pitching wedge. And I say club down everywhere if that is the case. Awesome. That, that's a great text, Dan. Yeah, I like those. Uh, coach, I'm too long. All right, great problem. Just tell your coach I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> so what we're going to wrap up here. Take up too much of your time. I mean, you're a busy man. We had to kind of push this back around. But yeah. what, is, what is your favorite golf memory? Um, I would say so I got two. So, um, my most recent one, uh, my buddy and I won the locker room pool and low score in our member guest last year. So I walked out with a pretty good chunk of change that helped, uh, apply to the wedding. So that was, that's number one. Um, I shot, uh, I think an 84, 85 at like a 15, 16 handicap at that time. So that, that did pretty well for us. And my buddy's a, just a par machine. He's, he's great to have on the team because 
hey, if he's down the fairway, it's swing away because we're, uh, you know, it's not a scramble, but it's, you know, best best score on the hole. Um, so that's my number one. And then my number two, I would say when I first finally committed to golf, um, I bought a new set, hadn't gone out and hit them at all. It was my first time buying, you know, paying for a full set of golf clubs, which we all know is not cheap. Um, and my goal that year was this was my first year of caring about golf. So it was four I've only been playing – I've only cared about golf uh, playing-wise for like five years here. So I – my goal was to break 100 five times that year, and I did it in my first five outings. And my first time I did it was, was with my dad, and that was the last time he ever paid for golf. Ever since then, since I beat him, I shot like a, you know, a 92. I beat him by like two strokes, and uh, I had to pay for that round. So that was pretty fun. Got to – you know, and then I've also – since then, uh, helped my brother and my father both get, and my wife, uh, all new sets of golf clubs and the, the Duffy family has all started to play more golf. So, um, number one would be winning all the money, uh, to help pay a lot, a lot of it went to the wedding. Number two would be breaking a hundred with dad. And, and then number three would be getting the whole family back into the game, uh, reinvigorating everybody and getting dad some irons that go a lot longer and a lot straighter. So that's always helpful. Yeah, spreading the spreading the game. That's yeah, great. Yeah. So, what is one takeaway you want listeners to take away from kind of what we discussed about today, or not about today? Just something you think all golfers should uh, really start doing. Yeah, I would say uh, take your off season seriously because it's going to help your game. Um, and then once you do that and it comes time for your season, keep training. A lot of people just throw the brakes on and just stop. And, and it's essentially like uh, it wouldn't make sense to a football player to stop lifting weights. He's going to get smaller and, and, and you know, he's going to be less strong going in into the season if all of a sudden during that season he just stops training. So that would never happen. For a golfer, a lot of times it does happen. Um, on a professional level, uh, that would never happen. You would never see a guy just stop doing what he'd been doing all off season. If it was having some success, um, you know, obviously they'll tinker here and there and maybe some weeks they'll be able to train more and feel better than the other because of travel and whatnot. But at the, at the professional level, if we look from a top down approach, our amateur golfers just absolutely cutting out strength training or flexibility or yoga or whatever you were doing as soon as your golf season starts is insane to me. Uh, and, and your, your swing coach, you know, most likely will agree, uh, especially if they sub- subscribe to the TPI model that uh, your number one club in the bag is is you. So as long as they subscribe to that and you're getting some pretty sound advice there. Yeah, I mean, I think, what was it, John Rom won at Murfield Village and then the next day he's, he was like squatting three, 350 or something like that. Yeah, he was hex No, he's hex barring over four. I think he was over 400. That's, that's a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> so take it from the pros, follow their, their example, right? On that one. Yeah. Even if it's a little bit, I mean, it's, even if it's a little bit, pay attention, you know, they're doing it well for a reason and, and they're training, uh, even guys that aren't big, uh, you know, they're not big gym rats. You got Kevin Kisner who goes in, gets his, uh, mobility and strength training program before he goes to the range and then he goes to the range 
and he has his routine that he goes through from there. But a lot of people just roll out of bed, grab the big stick, and and go. No warm up. Now I'm not even talking working, you know, wedges up. I'm saying no warm up whatsoever. Don't do that. You're not going to yeah. play as well. Duh. <laughs> Uh, last question here for you is uh, who should we have on the podcast? Who should you have next? Yeah. If you can get if you can get the big man Jason Glass on your podcast, that'll that'll be interesting for you. He's a he's got a, a big podcast going. Uh, you know, he's he's a pretty good guy to get on there. But uh if not, I think that uh, the golf pros uh, point of view is always a very interesting one. So um, I think that getting your local golf pro on, uh, either one that, you know, or, or some that I can definitely suggest, I'd be very interested to talk about, uh, some of the common mistakes they might see. I think that, um, a lot of time, you know, the person listening to this podcast is most likely a golfer or is a golfer, but they may or may not be on the strength side of things. So rather than me just talking to Somebody like that, I think it's it's helpful to hear the perspective from the golf professional who sees you teeing off cold every morning uh, with a coffee in your hand, and and they definitely notice that you took a breakfast ball. So, so I think the golf pros' perspective is a pretty good one. I got some pretty good ones in my area at uh, you know Weston and the Haven, and uh, you know n- now the new club I just started working at uh, Nashotic as well. So if you need any contacts, I'm more than willing to give them to you. Yeah, I'll probably reach out after the podcast uh, on those. And I've been trying to get Jason Glass. Our schedules have not linked up yet. He's a, a busy man. So. Oh, he's busy. I'll shoot him a text. I'll, I'll see if I can get him. I'll see if I can put a bug in his ear for you. <laughs> That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah. All right, guys. That is it for this episode of the Golf Under Podcast. Thank you, Kevin, so much for coming on today. Before we we sign off here, please tell us how we can support you and learn more about what you're doing to help golfers. Yeah, so my Instagram, well, all the handles are pretty much the same. Uh, my Instagram is Coach Kevin Duffy. Uh, the website's the same thing, CoachKevinDuffy.com. And then that's about it. I'm not too much on Twitter. I try to stay off that dangerous atmosphere out there. Probably wise. Yeah. So. We'll have Kevin's information in the show notes. And thank you all for listening. And thank you, Kevin, for coming on, man. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Hey, guys. If you enjoyed this content, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes so that we can get this in front of more people. Thank you. Do you want to take your fitness to the next level? Join our Golf Fitness Tips Facebook group to learn more about how you can improve your fitness and improve your golf game by helping your potential through mobility, strengthening, and wellness tips. Again, our Facebook group is Golf Fitness Tips. We'll see you there. Have a good one.